Welcome to Trap Talks. My name is Sushant. I am an e-commerce entrepreneur and each week we bring an inspiring entrepreneur or business person from e-commerce, retail or tech industries to help you discover how to start and grow your own e-commerce business. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let's get started. Hey there, entrepreneurs. My name is Sushant and welcome to Trip Talks. This is the show where I interview successful e-commerce entrepreneurs, business executives and thought leaders and ask them questions about their business story and also dive deep into some of the strategies and tactics that they have used to start and grow their businesses. And today I'm really excited to welcome Logan Christopher to the show. Logan is the co-founder and CEO of Lost Empire Herbs. They specialize in high quality herbs from across the world that help people in different aspects of health and performance, most notably hormone support. And today I'm going to ask Logan a few questions about his entrepreneurial journey and some of the strategies and tactics that he has used to start and grow his business. So Logan, thank you so much for joining me today at Trip Talks. Really, really appreciate your time. You are welcome and I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. So again, you know, on this show, I get the opportunity to interview so many diverse range of entrepreneurs and sometimes I'm really surprised on you know the kind of um, products and, and categories and, and this is definitely a unique uh, category that you have. Uh, can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about you know your story, how you actually you know, what were you doing before starting this business? how you got interested in these kind of natural products and what really motivated you to start this business? Yeah uh, so, before Lost Empire Herbs was around, I was running another business, one that is still live to this day called Legendary Strength. I started out as a personal trainer, uh, but uh, went into the online world and have now have many books and videos and courses around different aspects of fitness as well as health. And for me, it was getting into this field. And I do a lot of weird things from bodyweight exercises to kettlebells. I've pulled a fire truck by my hair bent horseshoes, ripped exit cards in half. So some fun and unconventional stuff like that. And because I wasn't naturally strong or athletic, I was looking for an edge. And that's what ultimately led me down the path of herbalism. So for a long time, I was using the herbs myself just to support my own performance. Uh, but then one day, my older brother, Cloud, uh, came to me and said, well, he, he was uh, getting our, what is our most successful herb today, pine pollen from another company and just kind of a natural salesman type. He would talk it up to his friends and get them to try it. So he was buying wholesale from this company and just kind of for fun selling it to his friends. But he, he came to me and said, hey, you want to start a business if I like find a, a, a good um, source of this and we'll bring in our, our third brother as well and just get started. So we, we started real small, didn't really know what we were doing, but just as a kind of like, hey, this is something where we can get our own herbs supplied. And the company has grown nicely since that time. So we started real small on the kitchen table. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been a fun ride. That's for sure. How long how long ago did you start this? Uh, 2012. Wow. So it's been almost 11 years this year. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very, very interesting. So I mean, one, uh, you know, I'll ask you one one obvious question from, from an outsider, I guess. You know, I'm from India and I know there's a big herb tradition there. Yep. You know, there's 
something called Ayurveda mm-hmm. and, you know, the traditional medicine practice. There's also like a big homeopathic um, tradition also there. And of course, you know, you think about Chinese medicine, you know, there's like a lot of uh, herbs and teas and all these different kinds of things that are practiced. Um, people in the West, you know, there's all, almost like, you know, there's almost, I think people need a little bit of a persuading in terms of, you know, getting them to buy into, you know, what is the effectiveness of these herbs. So mm-hmm. I'll ask you from like an outsider's perspective, like what is, I mean, uh, have you found, uh, are there studies out there, like clinical double blind kind of studies that actually show that, you know, there is an effectiveness of these herbs? I'm assuming, you know, some of these items are not FDA approved. So how do you, um, mm-hmm. is it is it really about, you know, if someone believes that this this works on whatever they're trying to fix or you know achieve, uh, then it's okay. Otherwise, you know, if you don't believe it, then you know there's maybe mm-hmm. you know you don't have to use it. But is there any scientific evidence in terms of you know yes. effectiveness yeah. of some of these things? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting thing is, and I know I got my start in herbalism. It was like kind of the. Uh, the shiny like faraway lands where these rare and crazy herbs come from is like why don't we have this stuff in the U.S. Uh, but the truth is there actually is rich uh, histories of western herbalism it definitely was kind of squashed underground with the growth of uh, modern medicine but uh, from Europe and yeah uh, various traditions in the west there certainly is that and many herbs do have uh, a significant amount of science behind them showing a wide range of effects in many cases, whatever like traditional uses were found when that is scientifically studied, uh, there is data to back up those things. So for instance, one of the famous herbs from Ayurveda, ashwagandha, which is uh, one of the ones that we sell, there's quite a few studies showing it helping in various things from like fertility to testosterone, uh, definitely stress relief. That's one of the things that's most well known for so in in some herbs cases yeah there's a good amount of science there in other herbs like there's a few rat studies some herbs there's like almost nothing there uh so what we like to do at lost empire herbs is yeah we look at the science for sure but also like the ancient wisdom and really try to bring the two together because we find that that is useful and lastly uh we we really aim to have like experiential effects so we aim for people taking the herbs and actually feeling a difference in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the best way to get a, a customer that's going to want to come back because most supplements are taken on faith. And it can be the same thing with medications. Even uh, if you don't actually notice something going, how do you know that it's working? Maybe some blood tests or whatnot, you can see some stuff going on in the background. But if you can feel a difference, that's quite useful. And this, in some cases, may be a placebo effect, but there's actually, there can be a placebo effect, a, a belief in the thing on top of an actual effect as well. So those things, two things aren't necessarily disconnected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was actually, even today I was, you know, I I um, use TikTok and I go on TikTok and even today I was watching in India. Um, I mean, India is such a wonderful place. You know, there's like this, and people kind of believe in, in a lot of different things. And there was this guy who's like sitting and there's like huge deep line of people and basically, you know, people are bringing their, he doesn't even bother asking, you know, what's wrong with you. He'll just pat you down like <laughs> randomly and then people go. And maybe it's possible that, you know, 20% of those people have some sort of a placebo effect where they, you know, they're actually healed. <laughs> so yeah, 
as long as it works, <laughs> I'm willing to try as just about it, anything as long as it works. <laughs> definitely. So most of your products, are you purchasing it? Like, is it, or is, are there like some of these are, that are you're growing yourself? What is the manufacturing or sourcing process like? Uh, yeah, so we are not directly growing any herbs ourselves. We do have some relationships with uh, farmers and suppliers within the U.S. that we're quite close to. Uh, that we're like mutually supporting each other's businesses growing in some cases especially with the chinese or ayurvedic herbs they are we are importing them from overseas uh oftentimes in a finished extract so we we do some light manufacturing ourselves as far as like our own formulations and whatnot and are aiming to grow that like we just got our own capsule machine and are building out the room and setting that up to be able to offer a wider supply of capsules because most of what we deal with right now is tinctures and powders which, you know, to the, the average person out there, like we're, we're in a capsule society. They want the ease and convenience of that, even though there are some, um, some issues with that. It's good to actually be able to taste the herb. So yeah, for the most part, we are getting uh, herbs, either processing them ourselves or getting finished extracts from various vendors. So this would be, uh, this business would be a classic example of a niche business, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you got started, to me, it sounds like, you know, you got started very organically. So, you know, somebody was selling something and some, you know, there was a little bit of a demand. So maybe you put up a e-commerce website with a few products and then slowly started building on top of that. Can you talk a little bit about what that growth trajectory has been since the beginning? Has it been, a you know, a very organic straight line kind of a, uh, progressive growth or was it at, that at a certain point you kind of hit a hockey stick or you found something that worked really well that helped mm-hmm. you to grow uh, quickly yeah it was it was pretty slow in the beginning we were as i said just kitchen table we were doing some like offline sales I mentioned my brother just kind of selling it to his friends as well as i just threw up a website and promoted it to my existing email list from the other business you know it was already health and fitness list so there's natural crossover or symbiosis in that. And we kind of just marched along little bit by little bit for a while. And I believe it was in about 2014 when we kind of got serious. Like that's when we got our first office. Uh, That's when we really started focusing more. It was actually, the business was running just as a, uh, just an agreement out of my other business. At that that point, we went and formed an LLC. And from there, we seemed to hit our first hockey stick. And some of what helped this to happen was uh, we were working with affiliate marketing. So we had some people that could drive some major traffic and sales. And it just from there grew and we broke over seven figures um, at some point. uh, I think that was around 2015. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was experiencing that hockey stick growth was really good. Then things kind of leveled off and we've actually been plateaued for uh, a little while, but are starting to grow once again. So I, I think we've done the foundation building to, from which to build our next hockey stick growth. At least that's what I'm hoping for. For sure. I mean, so you you got started in e-commerce pretty much at the beginning of when e-commerce was starting to boom. boom. Um, how um, how have you seen, uh, you know, this category or niche in terms of competition? I'm assuming there's now a lot of similar kind of businesses or, you know, I'm assuming you can easily find any of these products um, if you search for it online. So many similar shops like you, maybe even on Amazon. 
do you encounter a lot of competition or is it still is it still kind of a obscure niche where you know mm-hmm. you kind of have a do- dominance um yeah it's, it's kind of a couple different ways to see that and certainly e-commerce has grown and the competition has grown so it, many of these herbs are will popular and yeah you can find a, a thousand different uh companies selling them some of our herbs are quite a bit more unique and especially the quality of them uh so in in some cases you won't find a lot out there including on amazon though there's other stuff available from various suppliers in 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 all cases uh what we've done to really kind of stand apart from the pack is um one there's like i'm the personality of the business so i do a lot of our copywriting and uh because i came in the other business from an information marketing background like selling books and videos uh, a lot of teaching and education and long form copy you'll you'll see that in our e-commerce site so you know the average e-commerce site has like you know five sentences worth of description of the product here we'll have like 2000 words um, and we, because the average person's like lands on our site and hasn't heard of any of these herbs, we need to educate them into like, what is an herbal lifestyle? How do you include these into, um, what you're doing and what to expect with it, dosage, all those different things. So tons of education that comes along with it. And we're, uh, although we're focused on selling the herbs, um, we really do talk about, uh, overall a holistic lifestyle as well, uh, because, you know, herbs is just one part of being healthy. So, yeah, we have some things that help us to differentiate and we do things with quality like we post online our independent third party lab analysis of the herbs, uh, which is something that most supplement companies don't do. They just go off the COA of their supplier, um, which may or may not be legit in the first place. So we do a few things that are different that help us to stand apart, but it it certainly is a uh, competitive area. That's very interesting. Yeah, I was going to, you know, you mentioned quality and, and I was going to ask you about it is um, for, for a product like this, I mean, it's it's definitely probably good, good to have some sort of a proof point to say, yes, this is an authentic product, because I think the layperson would, would have no way to know if, you know, what, what is in yes, some of these. that's true. Right. Yeah. So can you, can you talk a little bit about what, what goes into that and, you know, who, is there any governing body in North America that kind of regulates these kind of items or um, who are, what are these labs? Like, are these labs kind of government authorized and, and what, what, what is the testing process like? Yeah. So the, what we do does fall under the jurisdiction of the FDA. Uh, that doesn't mean that our herbs are approved by the FDA, but there, there are certain standards like uh, CGMP, uh, Certified Good Manufacturing Practices, Um, There is testing that is supposed to be done um, just with anything like this, you know, just because, you know, there's some paperwork there doesn't necessarily mean all the steps are followed really well. So as we were growing in this, and again, me and my brother started this without having any sort of background in manufacturing or e-commerce. These are just things that we learned as we went along, but uh, we're really committed because, you know, everyone in our company takes our own herbs. Like we want the best quality stuff. So uh, what we started doing is uh, not only sending the stuff off for third-party analysis, but then posting these to our website. So there's kind of three basic things that need to be covered is one, identity verification, that the thing is what we say it is. Um, There's all kinds of adulterants that can be used in the um, industry. So unfortunately, that is not always the case, that what it says on the bottle is not necessarily 
what it is actually inside. Uh, then you're looking at heavy metals. Obviously, these are dangerous things, so we want to have very low levels of them. Unfortunately, you can't get rid of them completely because, well, our world's very polluted. Uh, and then aerobic platelet, so it's not going to be like moldy or have uh, E. coli bacteria or something like that. So these are the three kind of basics. We do that for all our herbs, and we're also going like a step above and beyond in many cases. Granted, this is uh, expensive, so we haven't done this with everything, but looking at like pesticides and glyphosate, uh, some of our herbs are organic, whether certified or not, that can be a whole thing. And then there's a variety of other things that we may end up looking at as well. So this is just something, again, that's our commitment to quality and something that we do uh, a little bit differently than most of the people out there. Awesome. Um, and also what you were describing was that, you know, you are kinding, kind of using your skills in copywriting and, you know, your own sales uh, mm -hmm. skills to kind of educate the people. And I guess that's, that's an important piece in a business like this. Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, um, you know, you said you do long form copy. Um, what, I mean, uh, you know, you, you've been selling it for 11 years, so you probably have a good idea of your target customer. You know, what, what is it that the customer is, well, who is the target customer? And um, what is it, what are some of the triggers or what are some of the things that they are kind of, because I think, you know, in marketing, it's usually said the people buy products not, you know, because they're trying to achieve some sort of a vision or an outcome of, you know, they're trying mm -hmm. to achieve something. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your target customer and how how do they see these products helping them and how, how does your copy incorporate some of those items? Yeah. Uh, while we do have stuff for everyone, our main demographic at the current time is older men. Um, so me and my three brothers, like we got started in herbs because we were all athletic and we were looking at herbs that helped with our performance. Turns out the same herbs that help with performance help with things like sexual function and testosterone production, uh, things that older men uh, who have more of a disposable income oftentimes are uh, really interested in. So the market kind of called us a bit further into that direction. Um, in, in many cases, well, in some cases, uh, customers find us after Western medicine has failed them. Um, whether this is like, you know, we don't treat specific diseases or anything like that. We're not legally allowed to do so. But if people are looking like they may be on some medications that uh, cause them to lose libido or uh, sexual function. So herbs in some cases can help to restore that or yeah, just whatever sort of side effects come from that, or they're looking to uh, conquer some disease and just, yeah, Western medicine exhausts its options. So in those cases, through a variety of means, uh, customers may come to us. Other ones are just already focused on more of an alternative, healthy lifestyle uh, and are just looking for herbs and supplements that can help support them in such. So those are some of the, the main things about our demographic and the people and what they're looking for. Okay. Um, in terms of your marketing, um, what has been working since you started? What has changed and what is working right now? Yeah. In terms of, let's say we can talk about like new customer acquisition and also bringing in like repeat sales and increasing mm -hmm. average order value and all those uh, metrics. Yeah, uh, I'll start with the, the the latter part. So we're pretty good. Like once customers come in, um, a, a lot of them are going to return. Again, we have you know the quality products, and 
by us going for that like experiential feel of the products. Like if a person feels more energy after they take our stuff, there's a good chance that they're hooked and they're going to want to come back. Right. Um, so we really kind of lead with the products in that way. Um, and we, we've had customers that have been with us for a decade and just continue to buy. Um, of course, we love those customers a lot. Wish we had even more of them. Um, we, we haven't done a lot with subscriptions right now because we have a, a wide range of products, but that is something we'd like to roll out more so in the future. We just have to have tighter inventory control, which is sometimes hard with us getting uh, herbs from across the world. And sometimes, um, yeah, not something like if one supplier runs out, we can just pick up the same thing from another supplier because the herb uh, extract may not be the same at all. Um, hmm. So uh, along with the education and the, the email marketing and stuff that helps to bring the customers back and we hold like discounts and sales and new products, various things that keep people excited and in the loop. As far as what we've been doing on the marketing, getting new customers, unfortunately for us, like a lot of what we do with like testosterone, like you can't advertise that on Facebook. Um, we have had mm. many ad accounts shut down. Like some people get around it, but we have not successfully <laughs> done so. Uh, we're investigating again, like it's been years since we tried Facebook or maybe going to give it another shot. But for the most part, just kind of like we're dealing with unconventional herbs, we've dealt with some unconventional uh, traffic generation strategies as well. Um, something that really did work well for us in the beginning was SEO. Um, like we were number one on Google for a couple of years for pine pollen, which is our number one seller. Unfortunately, Google did the medic update where they downranked or even delisted like alternative health sites. And we Whoa. got slapped with that and have never recovered. So our SEO is crap now, which is unfortunately, Whoa. we have all this content and no one's finding us for that reason. Uh, but such as the the games that Google and the big tech companies play. Uh, so we what we've been focusing on right now is, again, affiliate marketing. Uh, we grew real well with that and we're seeking to do so again. We've used some alternative social media platforms like Gab. Um, we are on Amazon. That is a sales channel for us, but it's a minor part of the game. We do over 90% of our sales on our own website. Um, and then, yeah, just some video marketing. Uh, uh, we've done some email ads as well. So yeah, unconventional channels that were, you're not so much in the, the big tech uh, censorship <laughs> control stuff that they got going on, unfortunately. That's that's so interesting because I've spoken with a few entrepreneurs who are in the cannabis industry mm -hmm. and they kind of they kind of face like even bigger challenges like they yeah. don't get any any distribution at all like even when I posted some of the clips from the interview that I did and you know you even, if I remote, <laughs> even if I remotely mentioned cannabis like zero views like it's yeah. zero distribution so yeah. I mean, it's like it's a challenging position. Like if, if the big tech who own kind of the majority of traffic or audience, they kind of just mm -hmm. shut you out outright. How do you um, how do you go about doing business? Is, what is the rationale behind this? Is the rationale really that they consider this to be alternative or not not kind of approved or is there is there some way to kind of persuade I mean, there's to there's it? rationalizations for it and i won't get into the conspiracy theories on why i think it's actually going on but there's uh yeah a push towards certain certain methods of health and uh not towards other ones and kind of a huge dragnet so it, it's just an entrepreneurial thing you know we 
as entrepreneurs, we're like looking for these little niches where we can uh, make a profitable business. And depending on how the wind turns, which, you know, Google can blow a tornado, uh, we're going to have to adapt to that because uh, we can't change Google. Right. So based on these things, we just got to be nimble. And it, it sucked. Like when the Google um, medic update happened, we uh, hired an SEO guy. We were trying to play it by all the rules and we got effectively no results in doing that because what they said the rules were and what the rules actually were, in in my opinion, were not actually the same. So uh, it, it's been difficult at times, but that that's why we have made efforts towards what are these alternative channels that, because I don't think this direction, this trend is going to stop anytime soon uh, with the way things are going. So uh, we're, we're putting more energy and resources into these alternative traffic types that may not be as big, but together, uh, we can get some good results with them because we figure at some point Amazon's going to kick us off. They always they they just kick mm-hmm. off products for random reasons, left and right. So we already have issues with them. We're still on there. Uh, we still do a little bit of advertising with them, but we figure the day comes when we're just booted off because that's that's the direction these big tech companies are going for the most part. So in that situation, then I think you're probably very heavily interested in really the partnership network, right? The affiliate network and mm-hmm. really, yeah. um, do you partner with like social influencers who, are, who talk about similar things or also? We haven't tapped into that as much. We're actually just rolling out some campaigns with social influencers right now. So that is something we're testing out a bit more. Um, yeah, we're... Being nimble and fast, we're like testing a lot of things and we find what has some traction. We'll double down on that, spend a bit more time, energy and money and uh, then go from there. So, yeah, that's that's part of the strategy. That's something that's useful. So it's like, can we tap into people that are leveraging the huge, massive networks without us directly having to do so? Okay. Uh, In terms of your uh, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, can you talk about a little bit on how many SKUs you have and um, what? How do you warehouse and fulfill all these items? Mm-hmm. Is there like a is there any issue with like products getting um, expiring, like their effectiveness going down or something like that? If, if they're mm-hmm. on on the shelves for too long and things like that, and how do you manage that? Yeah. So we do our own warehousing and fulfillment. We did work with a fulfillment company at, at one point during our, our growth. Um, and the, the truth is that most people in the supplement space, they don't do their own warehousing or fulfillment. Most stuff is like manufactured within a, a few big manufacturers and fulfillment is done. So uh, in most cases, e-commerce is done in a more of a hands-off way. So that's also something that we do a bit different. And granted, it's much harder to do it the way that we're doing. Uh, but there are some advantages that that come with that as well. Um, so in doing that, you were asking about the expiration. Yeah, there is there. There's really like no hard and fast expiration, like a powdered herb. Um, it's not going to go moldy or uh, completely bad. It's basically going to lose potency over time. So in general, there's uh, you can do shelf life stability testing. And ideally, that should be done with everything. But that's a can be a tricky thing to do, especially for a, a smaller operation such as our own. Um, but in general, you go with like something like a two-year expiration date, and that's just kind of like, it's a line in the sand, right? Like you're not going to be poisoned if you take something uh, two years and one day old. And stuff like yeah. the tinctures, 
um, bottles here. Truthfully, it's stuff like this, um, which is an alcohol extract done in amber glass. Like this isn't going to go bad at all. You could take this decades later and it's still going to be good. Um, so yeah, there's different factors like that. And some herbs are more sensitive to air, light, and heat than others. So there's a bunch of factors at play in this. Um, you also asked about SKUs. So uh, our main products, we have something like, I believe it's around 40 SKUs. Then we also have a bunch of VIP items. Uh, we have a whole VIP section that's only available to our uh, customers that have been with us for a while. And with that, they get some stuff that I'm personally making and processing. Um, it's called Logan's Private Reserve. So that's that's wow. been a fun project that's been growing over the past few years. What's, what's, in, the, what's in Logan's Private Reserve? I'm so curious. Uh, so uh, their tinctures, they're done with some alchemical methods um that of, of processing so i'm for whatever reason like I, i've learned some good methods of making tinctures and we we play with a lot of herbs and it's kind of like an experimental skunk works type program and with that we're uh moving some of those products into more normal normally available products as well and i'm i plan to over time go deeper and deeper down that alchemy rabbit hole because it's not just about turning lead into gold there's actually like laboratory science of making stuff quite a bit um more potent than your average, you know, tincture you'll find on uh, your store shelves. So, um, I mean, you've been doing it. You, it seems like you've been studying this whole area for quite a few years. You, you've been mm -hmm. selling it. You've been doing it. You've been uh, experimenting with it. Um, what has been like the, <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious now, what are the like mm -hmm. top two, two or three tinctures or herbs that, you know, um, really that you've seen really makes a difference in terms of whatever, like, you know, male performance, uh, mm -hmm. muscle mass, you know, what, what does actually work? Yeah. Um, I'll just mention a few that pop in my head. So I've, I've mentioned pine pollen a couple of times. So this is literally the pollen of pine trees. Everyone's seen mm. pine trees that are all across the world. Um, it's pretty unique in that it has testosterone and DHEA and other human hormones in it, just very small trace amounts. Uh, but it also has phytoandrogens. A lot of people have heard of phytoestrogens like are found in soy and flax and hops, but there's actual phytoandrogens. So it's uh, plant hormones that are going to have function within the human body. So pine pollen is great for helping to uh, support the human hormone system as well. And we have a couple different kinds that taking in a tincture, it's a bit more directly boosting to testosterone, but the powder definitely has some hormone supporting effects. So that's our number one herb. And I think it's our number one herb for a reason. Like it, it works really well. Uh, the thing I always say is like nothing works for everybody. So, you know, whoever's listening to this, you could try it, see if it works for you. If it does great, then, you know, you got something that works. If it doesn't, then, well, we offer a 365 day money back guarantee. Uh, so you can try something else because just because one herb fails, uh, that may mean another one works great as well. Uh, another one in that department is Tongkat Ali. This is a root from Malaysia, uh, pretty well-known and popular. You'll often find it in testosterone boosting uh, formulas. Unfortunately, there's a lot of crap Tomcat out there, but there's a lot of good stuff as well. And so this is another one that works along those same mechanisms. Um, just to go a different direction, I'll mention this one here. It's blue vervain. Uh, so this is a Western herb, not known in Ayurveda or uh, China. This was actually a favorite of the Druids. It was a big herb that they used a bunch. 
it's really interesting because it's a bitter nerving and so it has a really bitter flavor and it's actually like downward draining on the, the nervous system when i take that i can immediately feel uh nervous system stress dissipate um so it's it's quite great it's actually like specific for type a personalities it's great for entrepreneurs if your mind's always running you can take this and it's gonna get you out of your head into your body a bit uh so that's a few herbs that we got okay well very nice um do you, uh, I mean, is there any issue where I'm assuming like someone, a person who has kind of the normal testosterone level, right? People, mm -hmm. especially men, you know, you know, the our natural instinct to compete, I think, you know, people think if yeah. I take more, you know, maybe I'll have more testosterone, I'll be, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll have more effect out there. Um, but do you think that there could be, I mean, I have a, a little bit of a biology background also. It's like, you know, if you kind of supplementing something that's already normal in your body, it, kind, it may have an opposite effect in the sense that if you stop taking it because your body is now kind of expecting mm -hmm. that to come from the outside, the body's natural ability to make it is kind of diminished a little bit. Um, yeah. So, I mean, do you, do you, um, do you recommend that, you know, anybody who's kind of experimenting with these kind of things, um they should talk to their doctor or like they um they should have i mean they should already have a very low lower levels of testosterone to try to you know supplement some of some of these things to see if it could make the difference rather than like normal people just uh trying it out um, yes yeah, so to be clear like th this is different than doing something like testosterone replacement therapy um, okay. obviously with that, you'd need a, a doctor involved, but that's specifically like one hormone when we got like thousands in the body, right? Uh, when you're working with, uh, natural extracts and herbs, often they're, they're working more kind of holistically or in a more gentle way, uh, of, uh, working with the body where there's feedback loops in process and it's not going to generally drive things to absurd levels that are going to be dangerous, uh, in, in some cases with herbs, you're actually going to have like a bell-shaped curve dosage response. So more is not necessarily better. In fact, more could be worse. Uh, and it's about finding that right dose. Sometimes more is better. Like there, there's a time and a place to do more, but more is not always better. So we have to uh, be careful with that. With some of the stronger hormone supporting herbs like the pine pollen tincture and then Tonkat Ali, we do recommend cycling on and off. Um, the way I like to think about hormones is kind of like a game of musical chairs, right? So if you're constantly doing the things and yeah, the body's going to be like, oh, I don't need to do this myself. But if you take some breaks from it uh, in a couple different ways, you can do that. But if you take breaks and your body's going to ramp up its own production, then you introduce it back in and that, that may keep going. But if you understand that hormones are all working through these various uh, feedback loops, um, then you can understand that just playing with it in this, again, generally natural and uh, supportive ways, then you're going to uh, be quite useful. The thing is, like, we have a ton of endocrine disrupting chemicals in the environment. So like every man's testosterone is lower than his father's before him. And this is like a generational mm -hmm. decline. So we actually have to be doing more now. And this includes like, you know, basics of getting good sleep, exercising, stuff like that. But uh, these these uh, herbs can be very helpful because in some cases they are not just supporting the hormones in various ways, but some of them have been shown to have like 
uh, effects of like kicking BPA out of our cells, which has an estrogenic effect, which is detrimental. So yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. So I, I do encourage the average person could use some supplemental support in these. You don't necessarily need to be low, but if you are, then definitely you could use something like this. Um, what does your team look like right now? So we have, I think, about somewhere around 15 to 17 people. Um, so that includes me and my two brothers. Uh, so we have the facility where we have people that are focused on uh, putting together the herbs, bagging them, and then fulfillment, right? That, that's a big chunk of our team right there, as well as the quality control and everything involved in that. Then more on the marketing side, we have a digital team um, that maybe in remote places that is focused on, you know, keeping the website running, all the tech <laughs> involved in that, or customer service agents, then, uh, you know, me and other people involved in the copywriting, the advertising, the email marketing, all the steps involved in that. So uh, a good mix and match of different people across the different domains needed for it. Okay. So, um Given that, you know, it's like you are bringing a lot of your marketing, copywriting, selling skills to this business. Do you ever think about, like, in terms of future vision of your business, um, are you always thinking about growing the same business? Do you ever think about, like, starting a different business, uh, utilizing your marketing skills to to, to grow or uh, create a, a different set of products or categories? Um, what What is your... How do you think about this or, or you're so kind of interested in this uh, niche um, that, you know, this is what you really want to focus on for the mm -hmm. foreseeable future? Yeah, great question. Um, so for the most part, really trying to stay focused on this. Um, we're, we're doing well now, like we're happy with, with the business and we see a road for growing uh, a good amount bigger than we currently are and still have the passion for it. So uh, by no means am I stopping this. However, I do have that like entrepreneur quick start <laughs> ADD type self. So, uh, you know, in five years, there may be another business venture going on. Uh, right now, between Lost Empire Herbs and Legendary Strength, like two businesses keeps me plenty busy. So I, I, I definitely don't need a third one. Um, yet it probably will happen at some point. <laughs> do you ever consider uh, adding like more of the traditional supplements? Because there's so many supplement businesses out there. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever consider like creating your own brand of like more traditional supplements? It, it almost like, um, isn't it like you know, the more product skills you have, the more opportunities mm -hmm. for cross sell, upsell, and so forth? Yeah, we've we've considered that. We we decided as a company that we're going to focus just like purely on herbal ingredients. Like that that's our thing. Uh, we don't do like vitamins or minerals or whatnot. We do herbs. Granted, it's a broad definition of herbs that includes fungi and insects and uh, various other things, resins. Uh, but we, herbs is what we focused on. Uh, we have thought maybe at some point there'll be like a Lost Empire nutrition brand or Lost Empire skincare. However, right now, like, again, there, there's enough of a growth runway available in front of us that for us to start something else wouldn't necessarily be useful. So we're uh, trying as best as we can, right? to focus on what's in front of us and what really already has a lot of legs. Uh, at some point, those things may come, but right now, this this is our focus. And and your biggest market, I'm assuming, is really um, uh, US. And then are, are you uh, shipping like internationally as well? Do, are there any other big markets that, that, uh, that really buy from you? 
Yeah, we do ship internationally, but as you said, 90% plus, I think it's probably closer to 95% of our uh, sales come from the U.S. And the, the only reason for that is the prohibitive shipping cost. Um, it really adds a lot when you're paying, you know, like 40 bucks to ship and then your country's going to hit you with customs. Our customers always get pissed off at us like we have to pay this customs fee. It's like that's not on us. That's on your government. Um, yeah. So that that definitely makes it a little bit trickier uh, in doing that. So predominantly we are faced uh, focus on the U.S. We do have a good amount of sales coming in from Canada. Um, just again, the reason that although shipping's a bit more and there are customs fee, it is less than other parts of the world. Uh, and unfortunately, there are problems in getting packages or different rules and regulations in different countries. So we're not able to ship to every country in the world. We have a, a ban list of unfortunately, like we've got too many lost packages or it doesn't accept things in. So we don't ship to every country. Are there any challenges with shipping like these tinctures that are, you know, in bottles and liquid? Yeah. Like, how do you ensure it doesn't like leak or wreck in the process? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're sealed well. So leaking is generally not a thing. Occasionally one will break because, yeah, it is in glass, uh, but they're pretty small bottles. So wrapped in uh, bubble wrap and packaged well uh, in the vast majority of cases and unless the package is really abused it's not going to be a problem. We did when we first launched our capsules, it was in a glass bottle, a bigger one, and we had too many, it broke too many times. So we decided to switch to a high density plastic for that. Um, so yeah, there are some challenges in this stuff, but overall with the tincture bottles, like these things survive quite well. And I like carry them through airports. I've never had a problem at TSA. Um, it's convenient in that way. Okay. Um, in terms of your technology stack, I'm assuming your site is running on Shopify. Nope. Is there anything? No, it's not? Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, we're on WooCommerce. Yeah. Oh, you're WooCommerce. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we started on WordPress and WooCommerce uh, like before Shopify existed, but it was like just getting started. If I was starting today, I would likely go with Shopify just for the ease of use. Uh, but as of right now, like, I mean, uh, WooCommerce is definitely a Frankenstein uh, monster of different plugins and duct tape to software, but uh, it works and it allows us to do a lot of things that may be different from your typical Shopify store. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's like pros and cons of uh, WordPress, WooCommerce, right? Like, yeah. of course, there's a lot of plugins so you can customize functionality. It's, I mean, sometimes it can be clunky, but I think even if you want some custom functionality built. I think there's so many developers out there that can probably right. do it easily. Yeah, just um, keeping it all running without conflicts is, is the hard part. There definitely are like, oh, you know, this plugin broke that one. And yeah, it's it's craziness. Have almost a full-time tech guy just making sure the website's running. <laughs> okay. Um, do you, um, I mean, the reason that you don't consider moving to Shopify, I'm assuming it's really related to uh, SEO, right? Like there, there's, there's probably a huge risk of, you know, changing platform. No, more just like right now, um, the website is working well enough. So we're not looking to switch to anything. Um, I figure at some point we may reach uh, a point where WooCommerce is not for us anymore Then we could look at different platforms. Um, Shopify would be one of them, but there may be some other options that would work out there as well. Uh, but yeah, don't don't fix what's not broken, right? We got enough other projects to focus on now versus doing like, that's a lot of work to uh, completely migrate a website. Definitely. Yeah, that, that's, it's a big, big project. And, I, you know, 
from some of the stories I've heard a lot of the times it kind of leads to lower traffic and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, um, in every entrepreneur's journey, there's always mistakes made, lessons learned, um, failures, you know, in the business mm-hmm. growing process. I mean, you've been running it for 11 years. What has been some of your like big mistakes or failures or learnings, you know, things mm-hmm. that you think to yourself, you know, I could have done without that. And what, what did you learn from it? What um, can other entrepreneurs learn from your mistakes? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I think we got a little too, like, we were focused on too many SKUs too fast, rather than it would have been better to focus on fewer things and really kind of drive on those. Um, it, it always has been like an easy, it will bump revenue to some degree to uh, just add another SKU on there. Um, so I think we got caught in that trap a little bit early on. It would have been better to focus. Um the other the the biggest mistake that comes to mind is we are trying to grow too fast in too many directions at once, and that just sucked cash. Uh, we had a line of credit, and we we dug ourselves into a bit of debt, and overall our team was just a little bit too bloated. So we were like, you know, there's a lot of activity, but it necess- wasn't necessarily always contributing to the bottom line. Um, then the pandemic came around, and uh, kind of used that opportunity like. You know, we're not going to survive if we continue like this with the uncertainty that was going on at the time. I knew it wouldn't just be like two weeks and everything was over. Had some insight that there'd be a, a bit more of a longer tail to that uh, going on. So we let uh, go of a good amount of our employees at that time. And we really like streamlined everything. We were trying to move on to uh, ERP software, which was a six figure mistake in its own right. Um, so we had all this thing together and we just cut employees, we cut software, we cut a bunch of stuff, streamlined the ship, focus kind of kept our heads down and doing that while our total top line revenue dipped a little bit, uh, only a little bit and our profit went way up. Like the next two years, just running in that Hmm. streamlined way, we did much better. So uh, we've been coming out of that and now we are focused on growing once again, but we're being much more smart about it and not growing like too much in too many directions. What what is the biggest, um, I guess bottleneck in terms of? I mean, what is the biggest bottleneck that that you think uh, is like if you can solve that problem? Is it more on the technology side? Is it more on the people side, marketing side, uh, uh, for this kind of a business? For a while, and we're we're getting some traction on this, but our new customer acquisition was real weak. Um, so we've kind of. With with what happened with the pandemic and everything, we just skated along on our existing customers for the most part. There would be a trickle of new customers going in, but we um, didn't have a, a lot going on. So lately, we have been focusing more on the market, like how do we reliably bring in customers, you know, spend um, 50 bucks and get a customer come in, that sort of thing. So while we've got some traction, by no means is that solved. Um, and that, that's a big thing. Cause again, like our products are great. Our systems are great. A lot of the customers are going to come back. So if we can really dial that in further, that's going to allow us to scale. Um, now we're going to move on to our rapid fire segment in this segment. I'm going to ask you a few quick questions and you answer them maybe in a word or a sentence or so. So mm-hmm. the first one is one book recommendation for entrepreneurs uh, and mm-hmm. why. Um, I mentioned this one that I'm reading right now. This is Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Uh, this was recommended by one of the employees in the company, and we're going through it and really focusing on like 
you know, where are we avoiding conflicts and where are we uh, not dealing with issues properly? So it's a bit of a departure from what we've been doing, but, uh, and we've just got it started with this process, but overall, uh, I'm already feeling really good about it and excited to see where it leads. So it seems like you kind of have a book club in your uh, uh, in your organization. No, this is the first time where we just discussed at one of our strategy meetings, like, hey, I really recommend this. I've seen this work in other companies that I've worked for. So um, here's what it's about. We all agreed to do it. And so now we have a, a meeting every other week where we do some of the exercises from the books and then, you know, see what comes up. So again, still early in the process, but it already seems to be uh, paying some dividends. Awesome. Um, an innovative product or idea in the current e-commerce, retail, or tech landscape that you've seen excited about? Um, well, all the stuff happening with AI is certainly exciting. Um, one thing that we're working on right now is putting together an AI chatbot for our website. The average customer that lands on our website, like again, can be overwhelmed by all the herbs and what to do. So having that as like an assistant there to guide them to, you know, what products might be right for them and our many like hundreds of blog articles that you have that may deliver the information they want. So that's that's something we're working on and excited about. Do you think that I mean, given given that you're kind of a marketing copywriter yourself? Can AI replace that skill or um, does that help you in terms of, you know? Just, yeah, so uh, I, I have been playing coffee. around with it for my writing and it's it's not so much a replacement, but one um, can be, if you know how to use it right, it can be really helpful in um, making your copy even better or speeding up production of certain things. So uh, like a lot of the emails that I write, for example, may use like a review from a customer. Um, and I can just like write like an intro and kind of outro to that, give some information, usually like a lesson learns, like, oh, can that be done by AI? Like, just say like, here's the product, here's the review, can that be done? Um, so I've been playing around with that sort of thing. I don't think it's going to replace anything, but it certainly can uh, yield better writing if you use it right and a bit faster. Definitely. Uh, a business or productivity tool or software that you would recommend or a productivity tip? Mm -hmm. um, I've recently, we started using Asana for our, our project management. We were using Trello before and I enjoyed that, but Asana just seems to have a few features as far as like assigning stuff to people that is making me like it and the, the flow of it a bit more. So I was, I was hesitant to do is like, oh, I don't want another thing like this. I really like what I'm doing with Trello, but now that I'm playing with it a little bit, uh, me and my team are enjoying it. Awesome. Um, another startup or business in e-commerce, retail, or technology that you think is currently doing great things? Hmm. I don't actually pay attention to too much what other people are doing. Um, I mean, yeah, the again, the AI, there's going to be so many startups, and most of them are going to be crap out there, but uh, there certainly seems some cool different tools that I've been using in that one of the ways I've been using it is as a research assistant. Um, I made the mistake of doing that with chat GPT at the beginning and it's literally like hallucinating references to scientific articles that don't exist. So that was a horrible okay. experiment, but there are tools, uh, consensus and elicit two different, uh, websites that help you to actually dive into all the scientific references out there on PubMed. So you can like ask a question and just from there, pull up research. So I've been having wow. fun with those. I don't know if those are like how they're monetizing or whatnot, but it's something I've been using. Wow, very nice. 
Um, a peer entrepreneur or business person whom you look up to or someone who inspires you? Mm. Um, Perry Marshall. Uh, he was the original guy on Google AdWords that really kind of blew that up. But then his focus more on like 80-20 and he just did a amazing AI uh, summit that was really groundbreaking. And uh, what I really like about him is, you know, he's focused on the marketing and, and uh, the stuff happening, but really in a grounded human way um, that stands out from uh, a lot of the, you know, like overly salesy people out there. Awesome. Um, final question, best business advice you ever, ever received or you would give to other entrepreneurs? <clears throat> What's coming to my mind right now is yeah, learn how to look at your books. <laughs> you, you you need to understand bookkeeping and uh you know at some point as a business is growing it, it probably even if you come with in with some skills i mean this was the case for me it just kind of grew to be like too big of a thing it was hard for me to wrap my mind around and with that i kind of let some things slip that i shouldn't and we got into debt um so yeah learn how to do those books and keep freshening those skills and get better just as the the size of the business grows Awesome. Well, Logan, those were all the questions that I had for you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing, you know, um, uh, ideas about this interesting niche and also, uh, you know, how you grew your business and some of the challenges that you've faced. So thank you so much again for your time. And if somebody wants to uh, get in touch with you or buy your products, what are some of the best ways they can do that? Yeah. So the website is lostempireherbs.com. And you can reach me directly at Logan, L-O-G-A-N, at lostempireherbs.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Logan. Thanks again. Really, really appreciate your time and wish you all the very best. Yes, thank you very much.